0: Welcome
1: to Black Black Chicks Bible Bible Study, study, where we are reclaiming the Bible one book at a time. We're on episode 60, book 60, First Peter. Hello, how did you feel? It was okay. Yeah, Um,
0: nothing too exciting. I didn't feel like it was kind of, I felt like just general advice and, you know, just kind of rehashing everything that we've already read about how God is, you know, Jesus is saving us and that kind of thing. Mm. Uh, What about you?
1: I thought like starting out, I thought the way Peter wrote was very like um, convoluted or something in the very beginning, like of chapter one, I had to reread a few things and that might've just been me not following, but I was like, oh my gosh, he has like a wordy you know, roundabout way of saying everything, which relatable, but I was like, I don't know how I'm going to feel about this. And then I kind of ended up being, I I feel like I did it again, where I highlighted more of it than not like so much
0: of it. Um, I felt like I didn't highlight much. I don't know. I mean, there were definitely some things in there that I like that that spoke out to me, but
1: it did feel like, definitely he was hammering in some similar points that we've been hearing about over and over, but his take on it or his um selling of his message, for some reason, it did get to me in a different way. It kind of hit different, as they say, <laughs> um, but we'll get into it. Do you remember your word of faith from last time? Do you have a testimony?
0: I don't know if I really have a testimony. I guess I did kind of catch myself thinking about it. Um, I basically was just saying maybe just kind of listening more to people and not really um, looking for a deeper meaning in what they're saying or or making assumptions, just kind of like listening and just letting my words speak for themselves too and trying not to over explain. I can't say that I really had a situation where it really like stuck out where I felt like I got to do that, just, you know, answer somebody a simple yes or no. And and whatnot but I I will say I definitely was thinking about it like I caught myself a couple times like I had um an interaction with a new person um over the last week like I was meeting them to like get something and like we'd been kind of friendly and I don't know and and like some of the texts I was like in my head I'm like "Mm, is this person being like that or are they like trying to do this and like I caught myself just being like whatever they said what they said like just stop thinking about it (laughs) you know like whatever just get the plan done, blah, 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 not like going so deep into those thoughts, like, oh, like they said this, this way, I feel like this person, you know, upset or blah, 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 just kind of just being like, whatever, (laughs) you know, just reading it and being like, okay. Yeah. Other than that, I can't really think of a a specific example where I just, you know, was able to kind of just say yes and trust that like someone understood what I was Mm -hmm. saying.
1: But that's good. The listening thing, like that's a good, testimony there just that moment of like catching yourself and being like okay just read it don't read into it just read it it's like basically yeah yeah. just read it
0: like what information do I need can I do what I need to do just from the okay cool okay I'm gonna meet you at this whatever like like a more exactly.
1: practical approach rather than adding all of this like anxiety onto it of trying to dig for something like yeah. and it's not even like trying to read into something it's like that's the natural proclivity because I have that same thing of like wanting to know the underlying energy or message of whatever anyone is saying like I almost perceive that foremost. And then what they're actually saying is like secondary. So that's a a good thing to remember just day to day for anyone is like, don't ruminate or think too much into it. Just trust people to communicate what they mean. And you do the same, I guess. It's so difficult though.
0: Yeah, no, for sure. It really (laughs) is. but um, what about and you? My,
1: yeah, mine was um, about, and I've been looking back a little bit, trying to even remember what particular verse it's from, but it was about catharsis and bonding, right, with other people and, and being um, vulnerable, right? Yes, yeah, so that was definitely part of it, and um, yeah, the, just the cathartic nature of being around people and vulnerable, and I think that, came to mind a couple of times um, since we last recorded. One was just being really stressed out one day and breaking down a bit and crying and um, kind of doing that in the arms of my partner. (laughs) And that's like kind of an embarrassing thing for me is to show anyone that kind of like breakdown side of like, okay, at the end of my rope, and I'm gonna be in that place for like a good, 15 minutes and then I'll just be, I'll keep on trucking. But just to have that moment, I was reminding myself then like, oh, this is okay. This is part of your word of faith, like just collapse in somebody's arms. And the way he reacts is so just calm and nonplussed and so comforting and reassuring and loving about it and patient and like nonjudgmental. And like, it really is like very Christ-like.
0: Do you feel like it's gonna make you be more comfortable than being open with those kind of emotions in front of
1: people you know, yeah, yeah I think and not everyone indiscriminately but yes like
0: yes, of course not <laughs> you're not just gonna break down in the grocery store with the cashier are you sure I,
1: I do but I keep it contained you know I it's, I'm always having some sort of internal mental breakdown but yeah to have it just externalized like that did feel good to it did feel cathartic I mean that's the word for it good 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 yeah anyway um let's get into peter peter one of the apostles right of yeah and yeah, one of the main guys here he's the one writing the letter and apparently he's writing to a kind of a network of churches within um the area that we now call turkey and it's like roman controlled right so it's like gentile christians so not the jewish christians who have been addressed more recently but like he's talking to the gentiles and encouraging them amid their cultural warfare with the people around them who are not believers it's another kind of letter of encouragement Mm
0: -hmm. so in
1: chapter one i will say just really quickly i usually just skim over kind of these like introductions like i peter um, <laughs> apostle of jesus christ like introducing yourself <laughs> saying who you're talking to and then getting into it i'm like okay okay this time i read verse two who have uh, he's talking to the exiles In Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, blah, 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 who have been chosen and destined by God the Father and sanctified by the Spirit to be obedient to Jesus Christ and to be sprinkled with his blood. I don't know. I just thought that was an interesting call out of that Calvinism predestination thing we've talked about before. So he's outright saying like, "Oh, I'm talking to the people who Jesus decided or God decided we're going to be followers, you know. (laughs) Right. yeah,
0: I like that sprinkled with his blood. I don't know. Mm. Sounds like special anointed. (laughs) I had verse eight highlighted, though you have not seen him and him is talking about Jesus, though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy, for you are receiving the end result of your faith, the salvation of your souls. It just kind of reminded me of last um, time we recorded, too, just the whole idea of having faith, you know, that kind of thing. And just, I don't know, something about it, too, made me think about, like, just in general relationships, you know, like how you can, like, love a person that you've never met. You know, I know, like, especially being far away from, like, my family and stuff, you know, I didn't really meet my nephews until they were, like, a little bit older, like toddlers, but it was like I still had so much love you know for them so I don't know just that whole like you know you haven't seen him but you love him you know and even though you don't see him now you believe in him in him and I feel with joy like it just reminded me of how I feel about like you know my little nephews and stuff
1: yeah I guess I feel the same way or I definitely feel the same way about my niece like I'm such a foreign person to her because she's barely she's met me a few times and she's mm-hmm. so young uh, I can relate to that. But I also highlighted that because it just felt so true and it felt so heartwarming. like it felt good to read just that craving that each person has for like life and truth, and made me think of like, well, anyone, like even if you haven't had any love, for example, in your life, like you can still have that deep yearning and craving for something you've never known or never really like experienced. But even like a plant who um, maybe a plant is born and not watered and just has that deep craving for water, that water is like life to them, you know, they still need it, crave it. Even when we lose sight of um, life and yeah, it's just important to keep like, keep the love up, keep it in sight, even if it's like super far away.
0: And then it's like that faith, I like, like that how it ends too. It's like, that's like the sal- the result of your faith is the salvation of your souls to you. So just like mm-hmm. having that faith and momentum or longing is also like in a way saving, you know,
1: saving your soul. So redeeming all the deprivation you're going through <laughs> yeah. so on the way to getting that living water, you still are looking at that, and it might be a mirage, and it might not be, but you're determined to, like, get there, and yeah, totally. The the whole book, I guess that's what it felt like, is about the suffering, and then the payoff, and the sacrifice, like, everything you're sacrificing and giving up. I feel like starting out reading the Bible with you, I feel like early on, a lot of the time, I felt like, oh, this is going to be, like, a life hack manual if we read it the right way it can be so useful and so it can help you like become enlightened and float above all the concerns of humanity if you just have some you know guide on how to live better like there's this sense of wanting to spiritually ascend and like be above everything in the clouds or something but that's only um there temporarily and that nirvana that sense of nirvana is not really going to be pervasive through your life you're going to still go through like the horrible suffering of life so this whole book felt like a reminder of that and a promise that you get vindication at the end if you do the right thing
0: yeah a lot of suffering in this book for sure yeah a lot yeah and then I like well I'm sure we'll get there but I felt like too he he was kind of hammering the idea too of like we should be happy for the suffering because it's like that's what makes us also more Christ-like because he you know suffered so much so
1: and the transformative nature of it um at
0: 13 highlighted yes it says therefore with minds that are alert and fully sober set your hope on the grace to be brought to you when Jesus Christ is revealed at his coming Mm. I think I was just really struck too by the like alert and fully sober part because like I don't know I've been not sober a lot (laughs) lately drinking Mm. a lot more and so just that idea of like really being sober and I've you know been talking about fasting all year and haven't really done it (laughs) um but like I feel like when you're like fasting and stuff you're just there's this alertness and like complete like sobriety that like you don't otherwise normally get so um I don't know I guess just lately maybe I've been like thinking about like or not thinking about but like wanting that like clarity and like you know, alertness and like clear headedness. So like, also just reading that too, it's kind of like a, like, you never know um, when crisis, you know, just like, just be prepared. Like you can't keep pushing things off. It's like, you should go through your life with this like sober mind and be ready. Like, you know,
1: cause yeah. For whatever life might throw at you, you have to kind of be on alert, um, but hopefully not in a way where you're on edge, but where you're just, yeah. Like the clarity and being prepared.
0: Definitely. And I say that as I'm like smoking hookah right now, I'm like, oh, is that a... what that is? Hookah? Yeah.
1: It's like a vape pen.
0: Maybe. <laughs> oh, really cool. Hookah. But um, yeah, but
1: I loved that too. And mine is worded differently. Therefore, prepare your minds for action. Discipline yourselves. It uses that word discipline that you like. Um, love it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, And it, yeah, I, I got the sense of just that tactical approach of like you do want to be in your right mind and clear and ready for action I just love that prepare your minds for action because when you're ahead of things and when you're thinking ahead and seeing what's around every corner and yeah it's almost like you're on top of your life and a lot of times not being sober is a way to actively avoid that state of like, I don't want to be too conscious because everything seems overwhelming. So why do I want to be fully alert for that? Like, why do I want, but just that promise of like, the more you have discipline to remain in that state, the more it will pay off, like just the constant promise of payoff, like you're building toward something and it will be more effective. It's just, again, like everything so hard to cultivate. Yeah,
0: but it also so, so makes sense, obviously, if you're in your,
1: yeah, best, like if you're in the
0: best state, of course, you're going to handle whatever life gives you the best, you know, better yeah. than you would if you're in a, you know, terrible state, or if you're in a brain fog, it's just like, it makes sense. But it's also one of those things that, yeah, it just, in our day to day, it's, it's so often that we're not in that, like, just right. mind.
1: Even- <laughs> Even with things like caffeine and coffee, I for a few days in a row was drinking so much coffee and having energy drinks and then I was like I think I'm super awake and getting stuff done and productive and like feeling powerful, but at the same time like it is agitating the optimal thing would be if I got that energy from having the most healthy diet ever (laughs) and really had like a calm, clear mind. Like I, that's what I'm really after, but I'm trying to take a shortcut by having like these stimulant thing. Like, why should I have caffeine all day? And it really doesn't pay off in a good way. At the end of the day, it's like not great. When you brought up the fast thing, that's such a good example of like, yeah, if we were all occasionally fasting and then just eating so healthy imagine how
0: clear-minded really. I know that's it so it's so hard though it's like that's what I love but it's just so hard but it's just it's just weird though to think like how different at least personally I feel when I'm like mm-hmm. in a sad state versus like how I feel now eating like potato chips and McDonald's mm-hmm. and drinking Red Bulls and like it's just so weird I call it zombie mode
1: oh <laughs> yeah I, that makes sense I,
0: I'm in like a zombie mode or just actions, like a getting through the day, but there isn't like a present or like necessarily that same, like readiness and openness and just like, whatever, when I, you know, feel like I fasted, but right. hopefully I'll I- get
1: there. Oh, I liked that verse 14 right after it too. Like obedient children do not be conformed to the desires that you formerly had in ignorance. And then 15, instead, as he who called you is holy, be holy yourselves in all your conduct. So that idea keeps coming up too of like deny your more um, craven human desires and like try to rise above them. But I like that phrasing of like obedient children, which we should all be obedient children to the truth of reality and even our physical reality of like, you know, greens are better for you than french fries or you know, the sobriety thing, like we know what feels better. So just obey it like a child. <laughs> Don't yeah. be so arrogant to think that we can like, oh, I can beat it. I can do whatever I want. Whatever. Yeah. I'll be okay. <laughs> I just keep it on the
0: weekends, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In 24, he says, for all people are like grass and all their glory is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of the Lord endures forever. And this is the word that was preached to you. Um, I don't know, I just like that imagery, you know, like, you know, all people are like grass. I don't know, it's just beautiful. Like, if you think of us all just in a field, like we're like blades of grass or whatever, and like working together, then we can like grow flowers and it's a beautiful scene. And, you know, yeah, I don't know, just kind of the circle of life too. Cause it says, you know, the grass withers, the flowers fall. But the yeah. word of the Lord endures forever. Like even though that happens, you know, there's the ups, there's the beautiful times, and then there's the decay times or the down times. But um that cycle just kind of keeps going. And I don't know, yeah. I kind of read it as like, that's the word of the Lord, that's just life.
1: <laughs> yeah, I liked that too. Just the um the flowering coming out of the grass and then decaying itself and falling off. That's totally yeah, the glory and the good times and the goodness, like they're gonna that stuff is coming and going, and it's all a circle of life, totally. yeah.
0: And it's um, almost like if you think about it, the grass withering and the flowers falling, like they bring life back in. you know, they mm-hmm. be, um, so it's even like so even in the like
1: decay,
0: yeah, decay, you're you're breathing life into things or giving life to new possibilities. just so. like
1: our bodies kind of feed the soil. Mm -hmm. Um, when we die in our berries yeah uh moving on uh chapter two Um. uh
0: i like the opening Mm -hmm. it says therefore rid yourselves of all malice and all deceit hypocrisy envy and slander of every kind like newborn babies crave pure spiritual milk so that by by it you may grow up in your salvation now that you have tasted that the lord is good I feel like that basically is what we just kind of said with the whole like eating healthy and that kind of thing. It's like, once you have that experience and you know what's like feels good for you and stuff, it's like crave that, you know, like crave that and let that nurture you because you know it's been good and, you know, try to leave that other stuff behind. And
1: um, yeah, just feel like that's a
0: good way to try to live your life.
1: I liked after that too, verse four four and five come to him a living stone though rejected by mortals yet chosen and precious in god's sight and like living stones let yourselves be built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to god through jesus christ so all that talk that i feel like it's elsewhere in the bible too uh maybe isaiah i don't know but that idea of um having a cornerstone in a building or a temple, like they're all about their physical representations of their belief and their spirituality. There's these temples and edifices. And um, I just like the image of like, just aiming to be a good, useful stone as a part of the foundation of a spiritual house. Like whenever it talks about like the body and you're just an arm in the body, like play your role and do your part for the whole. It just had that same effect reading that of like, Oh, I want to be a stone and be built into a spiritual house. And that just felt so useful and stable.
0: <laughs> Definitely. I like a little further down to, it's like, he says, the stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone and a stone that causes people to stumble and a rock that makes them fall so Mm -hmm. also just like the whole idea like you know at this time you know people are kind of like those Christians they're weird they're whatever they're like outcast kind of and it's just like you know having faith that even though you might not currently fit into something or to in someone's vision like eventually you will be like the foundation of something even greater or better or, or whatever and like you said just having a purpose and being useful.
1: Being indispensable, too. Like, you need to be in there as a part of the foundation. Like, if you're someone who's been cast away or not given your due in some way, like, I guess that's part of it for me, too, reading it just as a misfit in general and feeling like it is so hard a lot of the time if you're not um, a certain type of way in the world to find where you fit. So, I guess that is why it's so satisfying to kind of fantasize about is like being a part of a larger spiritual body or mission, being vindicated. Like, yeah, that is part of the theme. Like people thought they didn't need you, they cast you away and now they can't do without you. (laughs) Like, That's such a human um, craving, I feel like. In verse 11, beloved, I urge you as aliens and exiles to abstain from the desires of the flesh that wage war against the soul oh man there's so much but the fact that he called people the christians aliens and exiles Um,
0: mine says foreigners
1: ah but there's so much that wages war against the soul and there's so many reminders in this book to abstain Did it it feel like such a tall order reading it? Like just repression, repression. Like when you think about people who are fundamentalists or like the Duggars and how much horrific behavior and horrible things can result from repression. Like there's Mm -hmm. a a way that you could read this and be really literal and way too legalistic and harsh and punishing about it that leads to some very dark places. Because being human and having human desire is like, so much of what we are and just it's inevitable so
0: yeah I don't know when I'm reading it I didn't feel that like I didn't feel like it was that tall of an order I almost felt like it was more of a kind of like a warning you know type thing like just kind of like a be careful with this stuff because eventually it can you know wage war on your soul or it can you know be damaging but not like in a way where I felt like it was like don't do this once, or you will be pun. You know, like punished and uh, screw any chance of getting into heaven or, or anything like that. I know I read it more in a kind of in a more motherly, I guess, like, like a warning type, like some an elder just being like, don't you know, fall into these traps. You know, not like if you do, then you're damned for life, but. <laughs>
1: I can't help but fill that the rest of that in. Like, I can't help but think or you go to hell. And even if that hell is just hell on earth, because you've chosen such an unhealthy path, like, that's how I conceptualize hell is like, just getting to the worst possible life you could have by, you know, trying to counter the truth. (laughs) Like, trying to, I mean, just being married to your delusion and your desires and all the things that would yeah, wage war against your soul. I think of that as hell. So I guess my mind just jumps to high, how high the stakes are, and I do have that craving and um, commitment on some level to like doing things the right way or doing things in a humanitarian or humane way. But it still feels like, but we're still just so flawed and fallible, and that's okay too. Like we are gonna have our times of being like weak in one way or another or um falling short as it were but but yeah Yeah, it is
0: it's like if this is almost to me like a very you know at your this is you at your best your Mm -hmm. i I, like an ideal picture but the reality is we're still human Mm -hmm. and we're not going to probably you know get to this ideal but it's like this is kind of the way that we have to strive for to mitigate yes. like our natural, you know, like if we weren't striving for this kind of perfection, then we'd probably be so
1: far off the, other the mark. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just
0: like... <laughs> It is super
1: exciting. It's exciting to read and be galvanized and have your best inclinations within you have that cheered on and like encouraged. And it's just so crazy that life is that way, that what's best for us is not always the most intuitive. And Mm -hmm. those intuitions can be buried so deep. But I guess what the Bible would call that craving for Christ, like, I don't know, it's just in there and has to be drawn out but I, I do appreciate that he's using the word war, like waging war. And it is such a, a battle. Yeah. because
0: um, um, At the end of the day, this stuff, even if you aren't necessarily thinking about it in the uh, Christian, you know, religion or the spiritual sense of the thing, I mean, even just, you know, eating crap all day, it's a war on your body. Like yep, you're gonna sure is. diabetes,
1: you're, you're going to die. Ravaging and, yourself, killing yourself. Yeah. yeah. So
0: Right after the one you read, I, I like the live such good lives among the pagans that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits. I don't know. I, I, I feel like that reminds me of, I feel like something we read, I want to say in Paul, maybe, but it, this idea of like, basically like living such a good life that like, no one can even say anything bad about you, whether or not they like agree with your like, beliefs or whatever like you're just like they just can't hate on you like just the idea of like being that kind of person that's just like no one can even really say anything bad about you is like a great uh ideal I guess to try to strive for
1: (laughs) unimpeachable like Mr. Rogers or something
0: (laughs) right it's like that's a great you know like (laughs) way to like I I don't think I would necessarily probably get there but you know I just like the idea of trying to be that I
1: love that yeah Uh, there's a lot about that in here too about like don't repay evil with evil don't match Mm -hmm. someone's evil energy like (laughs) do the opposite thing and you'll be vindicated and admired like don't wouldn't you rather be the bigger person I like 13 and 14 but I don't know if I want to say I liked it, but um, I just thought it was interesting. For the Lord's sake, accept the authority of every human institution, whether of the emperor as supreme or of governors, as sent by him to punish those who do wrong and to praise those who do right. I mean, that's a great idea in any society where the government is on the side of the people genuinely and punishing those who are doing wrong and not just those who are inconvenient or suffering or whatever like if punishment were just and things were fair this would be great advice like yeah we should obey the authorities um we should definitely be listening to experts and deferring to people who have authority in one way or another but we're not in a perfect world and not everybody's like appointed by God and truth and life and light and love and
0: like we don't live in that world so no we do not
1: but as a Um, principle I like the idea of it like I like the idea of living in a world where we could obey that statute or whatever
0: I was reading something like when I was like reading about this book too I read something that was also saying that 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 part too, could have been like put in there because like also at the time you know the christians are like kind of the outcast and it was also mm. a way to be like to tell them like don't cause any more trouble like still respect the like hierarchy of like ah, yes. governors and whatever you know system they have in place too like still respect that even though you're on your own thing kind of almost like a just as a way to like not cause any more trouble than you need to still you know like
1: don't upset the apple cart believe like obey the people in charge and that's another way that they can show their deference to something higher is like by being obedient and like and showing that they're not infiltrating the society or whatever to make trouble they're trying to just live in harmony and that makes so much sense yeah because they are looking at rome as like babylon as kind of like enemy territory and so um Mm-hmm. If you just read this, you don't get the sense that he's telling them to like overthrow a government that they feel that they don't. Because wouldn't they not trust the authority, exactly. not trust the government? But he's saying, like, do it anyway. And actually, that makes sense because in 18 through 20, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> slaves accept the authority of your masters with all deference, not only those who are kind and gentle, but also those who are harsh. For it is a credit to you if, being aware of God, you endure pain while suffering unjustly. If you endure when you are beaten for doing wrong, what credit is that? But if you endure when you do right and suffer for it, you have God's approval. So I guess even if they're slaves to this like evil Roman government or whatever, you still have to defer because taking that abuse is more <laughs> righteous and just. Um, even if your overlords are harsh that's like even more re- reward which
0: it also kind of makes me think too it's almost a way of like quieting your ego too because it's like even because to be able to take a punishment when you know you're right yes it's kind of like very much like just letting go of your ego you're not saying I know better I shouldn't you know I'm definitely wrong you're not pleading in your case you're just kind of taking it and be like but you still know in your heart you're right yeah yeah
1: I just imagine how much actual slaves have been abused just oh god this passage being taken so literally and it was talking pretty literally they had actual slaves and they were advising this to slaves so it's got a very like this whole book is begging everyone to be a martyr and put up with suffering and abuse and turn the other cheek and be just like christ put up with the crucifixion the people who are beating you down you're bigger than them if you have to take the beating do it with dignity like Mm -hmm. just to think like it's on a spiritual level something about that is so beautiful but not when you're actually enabling the enslavement and abuse of human beings. It's so horrible horrible in that context but like and
0: like 23 it says when they hurled their insults at him he did not retaliate when he suffered he made no threats instead he entrusted himself to him who judges mostly so yeah there's you know this idea too of just taking it and having that faith that like it's going to get settled in the end like you don't have to settle it Mm. right then and there like there's going to be a time where all of that that person's bad and terrible behaviors are going to come bite them in the ass, and right. Yeah.
1: And you don't want any part of that either. You don't yeah. want to mm-hmm. build up bad karma for yourself by mm-hmm. acting in an abusive way in turn back to them or to other people. But then I love that image of somebody on death row who's wrongly being put to death, like fighting back until the death. Like that, to me is super mm-hmm. amazing and admirable, too.
0: Um, what about chapter three? Advice for the ladies.
1: Yeah, this is a lot to unpack, huh? Yeah, you
0: know, wives submit yourselves to your own husbands so that if any of them do not believe the word, they may be won over without words, but by the behavior of their wives. Isn't that powerful? We can just charm people into believing how <laughs> what a
1: superpower! <laughs> I do think people can restore each other's faith for sure. Like a true love can be restorative and help someone live again and find faith and all that. But this Bible also told us like, do not be unequally yoked and, you know, don't get caught up in these spiritual mismatches and it's not going to work out and all that. But then on the other hand, it's like, but if you have to be like, definitely do your best to (laughs) convert them um but just the whole thing after about like do not adorn yourselves outwardly by braiding your hair by wearing gold ornaments or fine clothing rather let your adornment be the inner self with the lasting beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit which is very precious in god's sight why can't we do both (laughs) yeah like why can't like peacocks get to show off their feathers yeah And, and women are these like goddess it's mother earth, like there's feminine energy is such a huge force in the world. Like this just is, I mean, misogynistic, I guess, but um, at the same time, I am someone who doesn't adorn myself very much. And I would rather people know me for being Mm -hmm. gentle and quiet in my spirit and but I don't want I would hate if every woman were like that (laughs) like would would you yeah everyone's just meek mild quiet gentle not wearing gold earrings or anything like that would be so weird I don't want to live in that world I don't know would you
0: I mean I don't know it might be all right because then I'd have even less of a reason to even be presentable.
1: <laughs> right. There wouldn't be any pressure to perform yeah. femininity in this like outward show off way. Yeah. I would I like the pressure it, not to be there.
0: Yeah. Like, I mean, I like at the end of the day, you know, I, I like feeling good, of course, and, you know, looking good and having, you know, being comfortable in your appearance. But um, at the same time, I do think, you know, um, it can also be a distraction from, stuff too so it's just like you know like I said I don't know I feel like you just should be able to do both like Mm -hmm.
1: but you know know what the outside should reflect the inside so what he should be saying probably is like don't adorn yourself on the outside until you've reached a certain level internally like because I feel like that can be defrauding people a little bit if you're putting so much into your outward appearance but your soul is like completely lacking like there's nothing inside that is such a deceptive thing to do I guess is like very True. shallow and performative but if you are spiritually well and have all this like mm-hmm. these good things inside shouldn't you want to show that off in a very um attractive way I don't know because you're attracting people to ultimately what you have inside by advertising better
0: <laughs> advertising yes. yeah
1: like your storefront is fancier I don't know and then I
0: mean if because I don't know where this phrase came from. I don't know. Did we read this, but they always talk about your Sunday's best. So if we're supposed Ah. to be good, you know, for the Lord, can't we? Yeah. Um,
1: What about all those women in their church hats and old jewelry, everything showing up for God. Mm -hmm. Um, But this was such a repressive society when you think about um, the times that they're living in. But, But I also think of like Queens being so pampered and looking amazing i'm sure like all the queens of the old testament and all the mm-hmm. um excess but this guy in particular i guess peter just uh have some issues with women but um i get what he's saying like <laughs> have a good you know, guys, guys can't more. control
0: themselves so we have to
1: <laughs> gotta tell yeah. us what
0: to do yeah so they have to control us <laughs>
1: Yep, yeah, exactly they got to try and contain this queendom <laughs> so that we don't threaten their headship which is what he starts off chapter three talking about, like you read. Um, And then he tells men, husbands in verse seven, husbands in the same way, show consideration for your wives in your life together, paying honor to the woman as the weaker sex, since they too are also heirs of the gracious gift of life so that nothing may hinder your prayers. So don't block your own blessing. Don't um, jeopardize the quality or merit of your own prayers by disregarding your wife or treating her harshly Um, I like that he does tie that in of like treat your wife gently um, and nicely (laughs) so that you might be blessed Um, he has to introduce some self-interest there for the men but at the same time I mean are we the weaker sex because reading that the internalized misogyny in me is like yeah I mean we probably didn't help as much build the pyramids or whatever like they obviously like had male and female duties especially at this time and we still have them today and um but also how are we defining strength and weakness it's all based on obviously a patriarchal view and we're the ones having the babies so how about don't um (laughs) call us the weaker sex as like a blanket given statement it's crazy right Everyone's
0: the weaker sex in some regards. I mean, yep. sex when it comes to communication, <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> like stuff like that. So, yeah, I mean, we all are weaker in one sense. Yeah. Yeah. To be like, overall, women are <laughs> eh, not buying. But,
1: but I do like the fact that he's saying show consideration. If, mm-hmm. like, he's saying, you know, women show deference and men protect and care for your women, like for the day, for what they're talking about. I get what he's going for and he means well, but obviously we read that today and it's kind of like not that cut and dry and not terribly humane because we all are on the same level in the same boat, like with our strengths and weaknesses. Yep.
0: Actually, right after that, I liked in that next little heading, he's like, finally all of you be like-minded be sympathetic love one another be compassionate and humble do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult on the contrary repay evil with blessing because to this you were called so that you may inherit a blessing and you kind of touched on that like earlier that that part but yeah just the idea of like not you know spitting back nastiness to someone who's been nasty to you. And it's a very different tune than the whole eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth um, situation we had in the Old Testament. But yeah, I don't know. This one, is just, yeah. I don't know. It just sounds nice. And uh, as if, if people lived by this, then maybe things would be nicer overall for everyone. <laughs> yeah,
1: it does seem in the aim of creating more harmony. Like after that, he says, those who desire life and desire to see good things let them keep their tongues from evil and their lips from speaking deceit let them turn away from evil and do good let them seek peace and pursue it yeah if everyone's seeking peace and love obviously we build that utopia together and stamp out abuse by not perpetuating it um it seems very um sensical to live life that way but you know again we're human it's hard but um I definitely love that idea in my own life of like oh just rise above it don't get on their level Da-da-da. like I think I'm pretty good at that but I also see the toxicity in kind of the influencer celebrity culture of like oh, I'm so above all the hater. like sometimes that can be um, aggressive and <laughs> not very compassionate or kind to be like taking too much pride in how above it you are or how loving you are in the face of haters or abuse. Like you can kind of get completely up your own ass about it, which is overall more abusive is Mm -hmm. just dismissing people (laughs) completely.
0: That's true. And if we remember anything from Solve, love is not proud. So Mm. those people need to humble themselves and come back to earth.
1: (laughs) Yeah, the pride yeah. of it that's what is yeah bringing it down.
0: Sometimes I feel like a lot of that too it's it's just also a a veil of like you're not you are you know it's it's you're trying to convince yourself you're above it because why pay attention to it at all, you know or say give it any you know it's like you could just as easily not address the haters at all and yeah. just go about your day, you know. So sometimes it's like that.
1: Defense um, I mechanism.
0: Did, yeah and you're trying to convince yourself that you're not bothered by saying how unbothered you are
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. which is a way to avoid the suffering that peter is trying to tell us to go through like you're going to have to suffer at the hands of like circumstance and other people and your own desires within you like life is suffering and uh, christ suffered you do it too so there is that like a certain amount of it, you have to confront the conflict, the abuse, you have to really like confront it head on. So this idea of like floating above it is not great. But if you are in that place, I fly above above all the (laughs) haters. Yeah, that's why you wrote a song about them. you sat down and wrote a whole song about them at the end of the day so how above it are you really But it is motivational to you know that is um but yeah it's like suffering you have to confront that suffering and you have to return the love from within that suffering so you can't completely dismiss people you do have to separate yourself from people who overall make you feel bad or don't treat you well obviously but like Mm -hmm like we were talking about last episode, like having that love, even if you have to do it from afar, not just being like, F you, F off. Like, (laughs) I don't care about what anyone has to say about me ever. Like I'm on the right side of everything. Like that is so toxic, but like, I love you, but from over here and I only have good intentions for you. Like that should be the genuine, genuine like feeling and energy toward everyone. If you want a utopia, everyone has to theoretically be pumping out only goodwill. (laughs) Yeah. Not just contempt and dismissal.
0: 15. That was the only other thing I had highlighted. Mm -hmm. It It says, but in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord, always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect, keeping a clear conscience so that those who speak maliciously against you, your good behavior in Christ may be ashamed of their slander. I don't know, something about the always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for your hope. I <laughs> so that just struck me because it was just like, huh, interesting. Like, I, I just never thought about that if someone were to ask me, how do you, you know, keep going or why do you have so much hope that things like, like, I wouldn't know what I would say. So just that, like, that just made me think because I was like, hmm, how would I answer that question? And I still haven't figured it out. Yeah, I was
1: gonna ask if that was an element of your Christian upbringing, because we definitely heard that verse a lot. We heard references to that verse. And we talked about something maybe similar in a previous episode where you summed it up as like, have your elevator pitch ready. (laughs) (laughs) And that's totally what it is. But um, the way we talked about it growing up was like, have an academic list of like apologetics books or something written by like PhD Christians who can explain why the creationist views, right? It was very like academic and literal, Mm -hmm. Um, but I do love this idea when I just think of it as like, it is good to have something that you stand on and have in your core that you can evangelize to people. Um, Even if like you, even if your only defense or whatever, for what you believe, it could be just like, how do you remain the way you do? You could be like, I just love people. I love, I, I love people. I want to see people get along. Like it can be that simple, I guess. But just okay. to have anything, any reason for <laughs> yeah. um, any sort of nirvana that you have, and other people, I would love for people to come to me like that one day in my life, like in the future not Mm -hmm. happened before but I just love (laughs) that idea of someone being. where do you get all of your inner peace and (laughs) like how is it that you're emanating so much love and you know goodwill and that's amazing to just have people ask you what your secret is like right (laughs) and it does help to be like I guess we should both have that answer ready if we're ever yeah right (laughs) it's like (laughs) I don't even know either like what would my answer be I got to prepare for that moment and exactly. it, wouldn't be, it wouldn't be I love people it would just be like I don't like being bothered so I try to <laughs> I'm just in it for utopia one day let's all be cool I guess I don't know
0: And I guess <laughs> it goes back to too I feel like just stuff we've read too about just being intentional too because it's like all right you're having all this faith and you're believing but like are you just doing it because what like you, there, there has to be an intent or a reason behind it too. So just that idea too, of like being very intentional about why you're believing the things you believe or doing the things you're doing. It's like, yeah,
1: it's just really like, I don't want to be uncomfortable and in misery and failing yeah. at, at everything all the time. So <laughs> that's it. Yeah, good. <laughs> I just want more harmony, I guess. I don't want to be miserable. That's why. Yeah. <laughs> Can't we all just get along? That'll get be my it. elevator pitch. Chapter four. More just imploring people to suffer because Christ suffered, right? Yep, pretty much. I liked verse four in chapter four um, when he's talking about the other, like the Gentiles who don't believe. Um, So I guess three and four, you have already spent enough time in doing what the Gentiles like to do, living in licentiousness, passions, drunkenness, revels, carousing, and lawless idolatry. They're surprised that you no longer join them in the same excesses of dissipation. And so they blaspheme. Mm. Yeah, like uh, people who are married to destruction in some way. It must be really triggering. And I've, been in that place, like anytime you're in a really low place and you see people thriving, it can feel like a direct insult of like, how dare you? And you don't <laughs> have goodwill to people who are doing better and feeling good. Like you don't have that. So it's really easy to have contempt for that. Like I definitely can feel that. So um, that was interesting to read. It felt like a very timeless issue that people struggle with is just Don't don't be afraid to keep thriving, even though they're going to hate that you're not getting drunk with them anymore. Like you're a different kind of Gentile now, like go your own way.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, I feel like that's a very common theme throughout, you know, just life is that, you know, you meet certain people at certain times, you cross certain paths and like you may have been in one place when you met this person and it was all good and dandy, but now you've kind of outgrown that. And then in general, sometimes a lot of people just don't like that you've outgrown certain things that you used to connect on so yeah, sometimes it's like you just have to whatever keep doing you even if people don't like it and at the end of the day I think most people if anything if they really really cared for you would be happy that you're doing you and what's best for you whether it aligns with where they're at in their life right now mm-hmm. like
1: the plant two plants together starving for water and then the one gets watered and the other one it's it would be hard not to hate or you know it's like yeah but you gotta still be happy that they're oh so great finally like you're getting what you need and yeah and maybe
0: i'll get it too one day exactly
1: maybe some will spill over
0: (laughs) eight says above all love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins offer hospitality to one another without grumbling each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms but yeah I just liked all of that because I like the idea too just that first part love covers over a multitude of sins kind of like I don't know it just made it seem like easy almost like oh like just love and you can you know kind of dissipate all this you know, bad or sinful things. I don't know. It just seemed really simple. And I don't know if I ever necessarily thought of love in a way as like atoning for sins or covering or like, you know, uh, turning sin into something different or whatever. Um, So yeah, I just like that.
1: Well, and is there any bigger multitude than the collective sin of humanity that Christ symbolically like kind of took on on the cross so what the message that they're selling here is that also all of this is about the suffering and the struggle and the sacrifice and the self-denial and all that that Christ even had to go through and just that one act of love it culminated in that one dramatic act and that just instantly covered all of like the sin of humanity and all you have to do is buy into it and believe in it and then suffer apparently for the rest of your life anyway um but but yeah it uh it is like um boiled down to to that moment I guess but Yeah, he talks a lot more about suffering (laughs) in (laughs) these
0: next verses.
1: Yeah, he gets kind of dramatic. Verse 12 and 13, beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal (laughs) that is taking place among you to test you as though something strange were happening to you, but rejoice insofar as you are sharing Christ's suffering so that you may also be glad and shout for joy when his glory is revealed. So yeah, more rejoice than suffering. But just the fact that he calls it um, a fiery ordeal and says, do not be surprised. Yeah, okay. I mean, we are in the trenches anytime we're alive and dealing with the inconvenient nature of reality. um, We kind of have to accept that from now on. (laughs) Like I thought about that recently of like, oh my gosh, my life would be a lot easier if I stopped thinking about what would be ideal for reality if reality were ideally this way or that way like it's so much fantasizing of like well that isn't how things are or how people are like it is mm-hmm. a fiery ordeal of chaos and horrible things that you have to overcome yeah like it's like get with the program like <laughs> still <laughs> be your best self but within this larger context of things not being in harmony yet yeah it's almost
0: like I don't know it's kind of almost as if it's like You know, the world's a shitty place. Like, so don't be surprised when you're suffering because you aren't holding on to these same shitty ideals. Like, if you're good hearted, like, you're going to suffer because the world is not a good place. So, like, don't be surprised.
1: (laughs) Right. Like, even I guess that's what made me like this book and like Peter kind of despite myself because it, it is very practical, matter of fact, just realistic. Like, grounded of like look here's what it is it's all suffering and it will pay off and like just the yeah the matter of fact nature of it I think that's something we're getting in a different way from Peter that felt more um the obedient children thing like okay yes okay like (laughs) being schooled and being corrected and just having to accept it like okay I can do without the lecturing women and calling us the weaker sex and all that but he's on to something spiritually bigger picture you know like your choices here are suffering with hope and suffering without it there's literally no other choice in life like there isn't and i kind of like that buddhist um approach too where they really do preach that like life is suffering and our struggle is kind of weathering it and maintaining some inner peace (laughs) to withstand it (laughs) you know um what about chapter five what did you have the final Um, chapter chapter five
0: final chapter he's talking about respecting the elders here I had verse five highlighted that says in the same way you who are younger submit yourselves to your elders all of you clothe yourselves with humility toward one another because God opposes the proud but shows favor to the humble just you know I just always like you know, anything that kind of like gives respect to those who have been here and lived life and been through it. And there is something to be said for those who are older and have, you know, more life experiences than us. And we shouldn't, you know, think we know better than them, you know, necessarily, or that we got it all or we can do it better than they have and this and that, but instead, you know, respect them and like try to learn them. Of course, you know, that that's not to say that all old people are perfect or uh, people who have been here longer have the best hearts all the time, but still there's something to be learned from your elders. So yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, agreed. We can be very dismissive of people who seem like they're losing touch or losing their faculties or somehow not as young and sharp and with it. Um, I think that's part of the basis for like dismissing older people but it's like no if you have the patience to like actually sit and listen to people and like sit with people in their experience everybody who's reached a certain age has something really valuable to share like no matter what just by virtue of what they've been through right. for sure I'll
0: just be like don't listen to that crazy old lady or maybe she's not crazy she's got it
1: figured out because it took her 90 years yeah <laughs> maybe she's on to something yeah maybe she's got- um, I loved, I feel like this is such a familiar thing just hearing this. Um, verse seven in chapter five, um, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Doesn't that feel good? The thought of just casting your anxiety it on does. an How do I do figure. How do I do that? <laughs> you gotta idolize <laughs> or you gotta like have uh, I don't know it does help the extent to which they boil down all of the spiritual authority and love in the universe into these like to christ and the god figure and it's like having a him having a person like figure that is god or christ like to be able to cast off even just that small, when I was talking earlier about crying in the arms of someone, that feels good to just offload something, you know, but you have to personify, yeah, to get that effect, huh? I guess sometimes
0: I do feel like I do that, you know, because there's so many times where it's just like, I get to a point where I'm so worried about something that I can't anymore, like, it's just like, well, I can't, like, I just see, I'm like, it's going to work itself out, whatever, and I kind of get that you know, that point where it's just like, whatever. And then usually somehow it it works out and I
1: stopped worrying about
0: it. Yeah, when I stopped worrying about it or stopped trying to figure it out, it was just like, all right, well.
1: That's true. You can just cast your anxiety to the wind too, theoretically. It's easier said than done. Caveat as always. I know what crippling anxiety is. It's horrific. So the idea, it doesn't necessarily have to be a personified figure, I guess. It can just be like, yeah, cast it out into the wind, like whatever to get it off of you and out of you. Yeah. Journalize it. If there's a point where
0: sometimes it just doesn't serve you, it's not helping Mm -hmm. you. So you might as well get rid of it. (laughs) Just be like,
1: (laughs) well, whatever happens, happens. (laughs) Yeah, like a bag that's just weighing you down on your journey.
0: Yeah, it says be alert and of sober mind. My favorite thing, <laughs> your enemy, the devil prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. I just kind of like that too, because it's like, again, you know, when you're in your best shape mentally and and whatnot, it's it's like you're have the best defense against attacks, you know. So it's just like, you know, even if you want to take it like super literal, like who's getting robbed and who's getting like assault you know when you're drunk it's you're the target it's very easy for someone to come in because you're not about your wits, you're not alert you're not in the right mind so you're a very easy target for these evil things to happen or you know you know like it's like the devil's looking for a uh you know someone who's right you know like okay they're going out but if you're like alert and you're steadfast and like some evil might just pass you they're like oh no that's not the one to mess with, you know, and just kind of just like the fact that you can be already in a state of, I guess, offense, maybe, or, you know, just by being sober and alert, it's kind of like, okay, why not be sober and alert? Yeah,
1: like being on guard. That's (laughs) what it is, like being on guard for any, like anybody who's gonna come your way and like attack you or challenge you. Uh, Not only do you have a response ready, a defense, if they want to question your steadfastness and your assurance, they might kind of poke at you and kind of question that out of curiosity or out of wanting to throw you off your mark. Or they might come with, yeah, evil intent to trip you up or misery loves company to bring you down, whatever the challenge is. Mm -hmm. Totally. It's about, uh, but I like that mine says discipline Discipline yourselves, keep alert. Whenever yours says sober, mine says discipline.
0: Interesting. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: But uh disciplines
0: get you. I, I don't know. I also just thought about like all the times I hear about you know, watching these shows like um intervention or other yeah. shows, where it's like how many of these people got hooked when they were in like the lowest state? You know what I mean? Mm. Like no one was like thriving usually and you know just started smoking it was like okay my you know sister died and I was drinking and I was just looking for comfort and that's when this man offered me this or you know it's like you know like I just thought about that too just like how almost easy it is sometimes to have other people you know give other people an in I guess you know when Mm. if you weren't in that state you would uh yes yeah, not even succumb. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Last, but,
1: ironically, anyway. I think that's the case a lot of times, ironically mm-hmm. for religion and Christianity can sometimes like, you know, when they have some like youth center or something set up in a place where, or a church in a neighborhood where everybody's drug addicted and at their right. lowest and then they're like your life will change overnight if you go to our church and like right yeah donate join up read the bible you'll be great and then everybody has this rush of like it's like love bombing and you feel like there's hope for the first time mm-hmm. and so you talk about being a wretch before you were saved and then a lot of times it's not sustainable having the religion or the idea of God as your um, new fix, your new drug. Um, Mm -hmm. Oh, I liked that he says, resist him, the devil in verse nine, um, steadfast in your faith. Just that all that talk about struggle, sacrifice, suffering. He says, for you know that your brothers and sisters in all the world are undergoing the same kinds of suffering. It's like if you have principles and you haven't sold out and haven't completely wrecked your dignity and self-respect, like, and just knowing how hard it is to just be a good person in the world or even strive toward that, just to think of there being a global community of people who are seeking um, spiritually and trying for the same things is like pretty cool, right? I mm-hmm. guess that was like an encouraging thing toward the end. Well, if you're sure. not in the race by yourself, you know?
0: Exactly.
1: And I wonder if I were suffering under Babylon in that time, (laughs) um, if I would have read this and been really encouraged or not. It's kind of hard to say because we live in relative luxury compared to...
0: (laughs) Relative, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs)
1: Uh, But hopefully it did them a world of good to hear from Peter. I hope so. Do you have a takeaway? I do because it kept coming up. I was going to be alert and sober as you yawn which is so fun <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna be alert so, yeah. I'm ready for so so alert right now but
0: yeah I think yeah that's it because like I said I've just been you know talking about this fast and obviously it hasn't happened yet but um I think that's going to be my goal because it's very concrete um I'm gonna you know i, I Fasted many times before and the longest I've done, at, at least juice fasting anyway, the, the longest I've done is 30 days, but um, mm. you know, I'm gonna, cause I want a concrete goal to, to talk about next time. I'm gonna at least say, at least make it a week this time because I'm, mm. um, you know, cause I don't know. Cause I've been talking about it for a month and it has happened. So I don't want to set myself up for failure and be like, I'm gonna do a 30 day, um, at least juice for a week. Yeah, and try to stay alert, and I'll be able to have a noticeable, I guess, shift in mm. my um, mentality and just in my clear-headedness and stuff. And I feel like that would be very motivating for me to try to keep going as well. Um, cool. So that that's gonna be my my goal. What about you? Oh gosh, uh, you know what? To your man.
1: <laughs> yes yeah I have to submit more you've been telling me I'm not submissive enough <laughs> no he's just such a gentle soul he would never even think to what um but uh no I think th- when I'm reading verse one in chapter two, rid yourselves, therefore, of all malice and all guile, mm-hmm. insincerity, envy, and all slander. Oh yeah, I, like I that. need to keep those qualities in mind. And it's not like I think that I'm like habitually doing those or feeling those things or exhibiting them. It's just that um, I have been thinking lately about not only being a little more vulnerable maybe, but being more sincere because mm-hmm um i think i'm i am myself and genuine but at the same time so much calculation goes in a lot of the time i'm I, maybe it just comes from being socially awkward but I do maybe strategize too much. And then nobody would be able to tell cause I come off awkward anyway, but so much. like Nobody would think that I read that email eight times to make sure it worded perfectly or whatever, like, right. but I do need to just shoot from the hip more or speak from the heart more without coding it in some calculated, I don't know how to just, do you know what I mean? Stop proofing yourself. Yeah, like don't put it through such a proof and PR filter of like, is it coming off exactly the way it should or something? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And maybe that'll make me communicate more effectively because I am more sincere. Yeah, maybe maybe your point will come across crystal clear if you just said what you had. Yeah, we'll see. I'll try it, I guess. (laughs) Try to be sincere with people and not just say... you know? No, I am. I am. I have integrity. It's not that. It's just, you know what I mean? I think.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, for sure. Just kind of almost like us, like you're not editing as much, you know? Like right. Kind of going with your gut almost, or just l- You know, instead of giving the fifth version, you're giving the first
1: or second. Right, share more of my first drafts. Yeah, there you go. That would apply to everything. Mm -hmm. How much more creative and productive and happy would I be in that area of my life if I literally shared more of my first drafts? You know, like, oh my gosh, yes. It's
0: probably your best, well, you know. aspect of it, it, I'm I'm
1: sure. sure.
0: (laughs) But you know, because it's like what wanted you to, Create in the first place, you know, Mm. whatever you know. Like I feel like you probably have your most response, or people in general have their best, like response, or their instinctive, like thing. I don't know. Initially, at least that's how
1: I feel. I could be wrong. Yep, your first instinct. Sometimes, welch that you completely lose sight of it while Mm -hmm. revising it so many times. (laughs) Exactly.
0: Yeah, you kind of end up lose the magic. But yeah, I think I'm glad you revisited that too because I think that's also good. I'm gonna try to keep those verses in mind too because it talks about the crave pure spiritual milk. So like my juice will be my spiritual milk, kind of <gasps> nourish my body with the like good stuff instead of the McDonald's and the Red Bulls yes. and the beer. <laughs>
1: And I need to start craving those kale smoothies again. Good. It. Yeah. I struggle to make one every several days, even like, oh That's my God. That's why gosh. I cheat. I, I just get the juice from the store. <laughs> <laughs> I know I would definitely not
0: be making it, even though I have this wonderful, nice juicer that just sits there. So, yeah. You know. But I've never been much of a big juicer anyway. They say smoothies are better. Um, yeah, the fiber. Yeah. But. yeah. Anyways, anyway,
1: everyone, get your fiber, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> get that, that is, sweet, yeah. sweet nectar of life, it's your um, spiritual milk. <laughs> however, you get your spiritual milk, hey, I mean, keep on, keeping on, and mm-hmm. keep the faith, and come visit us. We are toward the end. Whoever you are out there, if you ever want to reach out, we are at bcbspodcast at gmail um, We're here every two Sundays. Every two Sabbaths, and we'll be back in two Sabbaths with what? Second Peter. <laughs> Second Peter, Peter number two. Oh, so we'll hear more from him. Which I'm not. I don't hate it. I think it'll be interesting. Yeah. We'll you on? Um, we'll be back in two Sabbaths with more Black, Black Bible, Bible study. study.